Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. All right, so uh, longtime listeners of Bo and Bell know, be it on this show or over at our uh, our, our original production, which was panel to screen, still is, uh, me and Bell, we like to enjoy beverages from time to time when we're talking about uh, uh, you know the things that we like to talk about while we're podcasting. It yep. seemed only right, this being the episode that it is, for uh, for us to to you know pop open a little of the bubbly, a little of the brewskis. What are you drinking tonight? Well, th- th- this is a full disclosure, just in case the people listening to this think like, wow, these guys are like super unprofessional. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Uh, I had a uh, uh, an event for a former coworker of mine who is leaving her job. Uh, her last day is tomorrow, so we had a happy hour, and so uh, I I went to a bar downtown. I had a couple drinks there. Several several drinks there, and okay, all right, <laughs> I've right. come back to my house, and I am now drinking Stella Artois. All right, wait, like my, hang, my hold, hold up. We need to full, pull the curtain fully back here. So you're telling me that you already went to a open bar, then you went straight from an open bar to to do a podcast, Legends TV Talk, which you recorded right before this, where I saw you like keg standing bottles, drinking those down. And, and, and you're still drinking. Yes. You know what? Tonight, I was really feeling what Barry was going through on his bachelor party <laughs> night. And I just a couple of weeks ago got back from a bachelor party. And you know what? To, 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 to sort of like uh, really get into the episode tonight, I decided at this co-worker's uh, you know, uh, final happy hour kind of thing to get, you know, a couple drinks, get right? Lit. So no, it's fine. Have- it's fine. Look, here's, here's the deal, man. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's great, but Hey, we want to let you know, of course, before we dive into it, uh, we are a part of the DC TV talk network. Uh, if you've not checked it out, DC is the place to do it. Legends TV talk that I mentioned just, uh, just now here is a podcast dedicated to legends of tomorrow in which bell is one of the co-hosts. And so, uh, so be sure to check that out. There's also Supergirl TV talk. You got I zombie podcast over there, whatever, your DC TV talking needs are. You will find it at DC TV Talk, so check them out. Also, shout out before we jump in here to those of you making this podcast happen through Patreon, Patreon slash TV Talk. I'm sorry, patreon.com slash TV Talk uh, to, to help support this show. I cannot tell you what your support means. It means that you're getting an episode this week. So big thanks to over there, the folks that are making it happen. All right, man. Are you ready to do this? I've never been readier. Yeah. Okay. Let's... <laughs> That's a full-blown lie. Hashtag don't drink in podcast, but let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. Episode five of season four, Girls Night Out, directed by Woo. Laura Belsey and story by Lauren Serto and Kristen Kim. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Barry, Cisco, and Harry work on training Ralph to use his abilities. Felicity arrives at Star Labs to take Iris and Caitlin out for a bachelorette party while the boys plan a quiet bachelor party at home watching old home movies. Ralph shows up and takes him to a strip club leading to drunken hijinks, which eventually ends up with Barry, Cisco, Ralph, and Joe in jail, where Joe admits to Barry he is terrified of being a father again, and Barry comforts him. At the bachelorette party, the girls are confronted by Norvok, a minion of Amunet, who wishes to retrieve Caitlyn, causing her Killer Frost persona to surface, with Iris breaking up the fight. Back at Star Labs, Iris helps Caitlyn tend to her injuries, causing Caitlyn to worry about her friends due to her Jekyll and Hyde persona. Amunet ends up kidnapping Felicity and Iris after being caught spying on them during the Metatrade, causing Caitlyn to embrace her Killer Frost, 
Persona to rescue them, with Cecile helping to disarm Amunet, allowing them to escape. Iris asks Caitlin to be her maid of honor, proving their friendship. Meanwhile, DeVoe chases down another meta. Dun, dun, dun! All right, man. I, I Look, I'm just going to state this right off the bat. I have never been more conflicted about an episode of The Flash ever. Right? Okay, so... The longtime listeners know that that we have been since since probably episode one, honestly, have been really kind of behind Caitlin going full Killer Frost, and not just you know not just Caitlin from another universe being Killer Frost, and and not just like oh I, I'm you know I, I'm wearing my Apple necklace and that's keeping me from Killer Frost, but no like her Apple necklace I forgot about yeah that. <laughs> shifting back and forth between the two and and really this episode her arc. Like this was the episode, this was her, her arc, her story was what I've been hoping for, dreaming for, pulling for all series long, not season, all series long, but it is wrapped up in one of the weirdest episodes that I do not feel that comfortable with as a whole. <laughs> you know, right. It's like, if there's going to be an episode where she comes out and like fully embraces this persona, I wouldn't think it'd be in an episode with a guy who has a tentacle for an eyeball. That was... <laughs> Interesting choice for uh, for for a meta. So I got to be. I got snake eyes there. I was not. I was not familiar with. Do we do like you know? And, and typically, you know, we love to kind of pull out and be like, yes, this is a character from the comics and everything. But I got to tell you, I do not recognize that guy from the comics at all. Well, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to do a little uh, a little preemptive Google searching here just to make sure. But I. I, I don't recall Snake Eye Man. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it's fine, you know. And, and while you're while you're pulling that up, it's it's not just about the Snake Eye Man. Um, I you know, in in many respects, the the Girls Night Out, the the title storyline was a really solid story. Um, you know, obviously, whenever we get uh, um, uh, Felicity over from Arrow coming over to to hang out with Team Flash, she's always a blast. You know, she's uh, kind of the the voice of the fans ramped up to eleven, and uh, you know, I, I, a little Felicity goes a long way from that standpoint. And I think it's it's really it was really used, or she was really used to, to great effect, and and that you know, voice in the midst of all this craziness. Uh, also, you know, love seeing uh, uh, Iris, you know, stepping more into that team leader role, not even stepping into it. I mean, she's just there now at this point. Oh, yeah. And actually seeing her be kind of that battlefield general was really, uh, was really, really awesome. Uh, you know, I, I know it was interesting because even watching the episode, I know that Iris takes some flack. There are a lot of people that are not really down with this take on the character. And, and what I mean is specifically her as kind of a, you know, a team leader type of role in the midst of this superhero team. I feel like it's been a natural progression. We've tracked it since the uh, really since season two when she started heading down this path. And I feel like this episode was in many respects kind of uh, furthering that, that it's not just her calling the shots from behind the computer. And it's not just her calling the shots directly to Barry, but it's really the team as a whole, which is what Iris has been pitching uh, strongly this season and a bit last season as well, that at the end, it's not just Barry being the Flash, it's the Flash being a team. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. You know, we've seen that character develop, but it's but it's less about individuals in this particular implementation of the flash and it's more about the team as a whole right you know maybe the flash in the comics has been more about like just barry and 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 barry but this is the show and the show is different and the show is team flash and not just the flash right and so yeah we're, we're getting a lot of that coming through i think it is interesting whenever these these types of shows do these types of episodes and and i think there is kind of something tropey about the uh the bachelor slash bachelorette party episode a lot of times we only get the characters that we have 
on the series to actually go on these parties, right? So at the end, and at the end of the day, this bachelorette party is all of four ladies, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. And, and and one of those is kind of a stretch. I mean, Cecilia's been around for you know she, she's been around for a minute, and it's legitimate, especially with you know her. Uh, but dating. I mean, it's his dad's girlfriend. I mean, come on, so it, it, like it would be a faux pas not to invite her, right? Well, exactly, exactly. But I guess my point is, it's 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 your dad's girlfriend. Caitlin, which justifiable, and I love kind of where they took their relationship. We'll talk about that. In yes, a they did a good job with that. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. Uh, and then also, you know, <laughs> how often does Iris really hang out with Felicity? Like, like, legitimately, it kind of pinpoints a bit of a problem here when like, all right, who who, who was invited to my bachelorette party? Caitlin? Uh Caitlin, uh, I wonder if there's anybody. Iris has no friends. Don't make fun of her because of that. Well, nobody has any friends. That's that's kind of the point. That's the problem with these series is that they, you know, that you do get kind of uh, trapped in that way. I remember actually an episode of Smallville, uh, one of my favorite episodes, contrary to this one, one of my favorite episodes of of Smallville holistically was Clark's bachelor party and and the way that they had a drunken Clark Kent uh, going around and like stealing the the sign off the Luther Court building and, and all the, the great hijinks <laughs> they get into. But when it came down to it, it's like, okay, who can we pull out of like nowhere to be part of this bachelor party? Because we only have like two dudes that are, you know, in, in the... <laughs> in the main cast at this moment. Yeah. You know, it, well, I mean, it's one of those things when you think about it, like from a logistical standpoint, you're part of a team of vigilantes, right? Mm. You're not going to have a lot of people that you've really led into that circle. And so I, I, I would think that like off camera and all that kind of stuff that, uh, that, uh, Iris and Felicity are pretty close. I'm sure they text and talk pretty frequently. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that for sure. That's not really a stretch for me. Uh, what was really interesting to me though, was, uh, the fact and granted, you know, it's one of those things. Screen time is limited. You know, you have you have a, a 42 minute runtime, whatever it is, you know, with commercials and stuff. Uh, it, what was interesting to me, though, is uh, the way they talk about Caitlin and Iris's relationship about yeah. how, how they're being work friends and whatnot. Yeah, sure, they are. But like I, I could see that relationship being more uh, just because they both know the Flash's identity. They both know this kind of stuff. I would assume just offhand that, that they would be closer and be friends and like, cause Hey, we know the secret and we can both talk about it and we can, you know, share stories and things like that. Uh, same thing with Felicity, but Felicity's in another city. So I can see them being more remote with texting and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, but, and but Felicity's, you're right. Felicity's an extrovert too. So you put her in any, any group and you know, she's, she's in it. She's an introverted extrovert. Well, so, but Caitlin, on the other hand, is, is very much a, an introvert. Introvert and introvert. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. For sure. For sure. For but, sure. but I mean, like, you know, you, you, you get that, right? I mean, like you, we, we've been part of, uh, you know, you and I have been part of kind of similar friend groups and everything else, but I mean, like, but there's been opportunities where it's like, you know, there's that other person, you know, other guy, other girl that's like hanging in the same group of friends and what, like you and that person are not necessarily all that close. Like if nobody else was there, it would only be almost be weird that it was just the two of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, I I feel you on that. And I don't know that I really realized it up until this episode, but in many respects, yeah, that's been Iris and Caitlin. And to kind of have them go on this adventure together uh, was really solid. And I and I like kind of actually seeing that that sisterhood grow between the two. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's I always love it when they when they uh, develop these connections between the characters because it makes it feel more real, right? Like like I was saying earlier, it's when you have this sort of network that you're working with, it's 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 like you know, you have you have like good friends from work, not not necessarily just work friends specific, but like, you know, friends that you've 
met through work that have become actual friends. You can talk about things that happen at work that other people don't know about, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so that's kind of the situation that I see here with like Felicity and with, uh, uh Caitlin, and all that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, sometimes you're with your friends and it's like, I want to talk about this person at work, but they don't know who they are. They don't know the the dynamics and everything. So it's like, I'm not going to sit here and bore them and talk about this person that nobody in this situation knows about. But all of them know that they're, they're in on the Oliver situation, on the Flash situation, all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's kind of cool to see that sort of uh, relationship sort of blossom and, 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 and grow. Because, you know, I've been in those situations where you, you have friends it's like, man, I just want to talk about – this horrible day I had at work with this guy. And if nobody knows that guy, <laughs> right. then nobody's really going to understand what you're talking about. But you go with a work friend who's like, oh, my God, that dude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Kyle from accounting is the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kyle from accounting. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that guy. Yes. it's Yeah. So, but, yeah. But, of course, the I, problem I here, though, the, the problem here, though, is that, you know, is is Caitlin is Caitlin Kyle from accounting? After all, she is she's been kind of this. uh uh, well, the supervillain lying in the weights. How did you like how she was handled with, uh, you know, the way that we see even further? I mean, they kind of t- hinted at the, you know, don't make me frosty. You wouldn't like me when I'm frosty with, with the Hulk relationship. And of course, you know, Felicity and true Felicity fashion, fashion calls it out and says it very specifically as, oh, you're like the Hulk. But I was starting to actually get more of a Tyler Durden type situ- uh, situation with her. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me as well. Because uh, in, in fact, they spe- uh, explicitly stated that where it's like when Caitlin goes to sleep, Killer Frost is awake. Right, right. That's so- exactly what it was. So, so there, there are two separate entities, is what it feels like. And especially, you know, after seeing uh, Thor Ragnarok, which, by the way, you can see our panel screen discussion on that uh, at uh, dctvtalk.com. Uh, and I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything like that, but it's a similar kind of situation where, you know, it's like a Tyler Durden situation where when uh, Cornelius is awake, Tyler Durden is asleep. And when Tyler Durden is awake, Cornelius is asleep. <laughs> And so it feels kind of like that situation. And I, I, I yeah, it, it's 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 kind of interesting how they talk about that because because uh, Iris specifically was was a very apologetic about you know uh, the Killer Frost persona and yeah, yes, Cecile, I know you were kidnapped, but, but by she her. but she knew how to manage it. That's what I thought was really yeah, interesting. Yeah. And like you know, it was kind of one of these deals. Nobody was panicking that that Caitlyn was Killer Frost, and Caitlyn, you know, our, our Killer Frost was not necessarily out for blood here. She was you almost get the sense that the killer frost persona has kind of matured to some extent, like, you know, almost like the first time kept a couple of times that she kind of frosted out. It was just this raw emotion. Whereas now it's more of like, okay, there's almost like been a mellowing of, okay, now this, this persona is not just lashing out for life. It's had a chance to kind of exist and think and contemplate. You know, we even talked last season about how killer frost given the opportunity, like had no opportunity or or has, hasn't had an opportunity to come up with what is her villainous existence. Like what, what at the, at the end of the day, what does killer frost want? And so now we actually get a chance to see that evolved character in a really cool way because she is not a good character. Like she's not a hero by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, she hasn't gone full on villain yet. She's almost like venom, you know, in that kind of anti-hero way that that's, that's kind of what I'm picking up from her. Yeah, because Savitar, when he saw the Killer Frost as she was last season, exactly what you're saying. She was this raw bundle of emotion. He knew that he could manipulate that. She wasn't like a a, a condensed image of of self or whatever. She was just this this, this, this violent, just 
uncontained emotional spectrum, right? And so, like, Savitar used that and, and manipulated that in order to try and make Killer Frost, uh, you know, be his minion and do his bidding. And so, yeah, this Killer Frost is more like a Killer Frost who spent time as that Killer uh, – as Killer Frost, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's a persona that, like, has sort of evolved the more time that she spends as that character to kind of figure out who she is, right? And and so it's it's uh it's one of those things where it's like yeah she didn't she wanted to murder somebody because uh, Savitar was manipulating her, but in actuality it doesn't seem like that's what she really wanted to do as Killer Frost. It's 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 sort of almost like a manipulation kind of aspect, kind of like how we see. And again, to bring it back to Thor Ragnarok, and the only reason why I'm mentioning Thor is because uh, Felicity brought it up that. Apparently the, the the Marvel movies exist <laughs> in 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 the D- D- DC <laughs> television universe. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I think I don't think there's anybody watching that wasn't like, wait, 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 what, what, what? Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I I, I have no uh, complaints in regards about you know talking about the Marvel universe here. But yes, it, it's it's one of those things where yes, as Killer Frost takes more control over. Caitlin and expresses herself more and spends more time in Caitlin's body, she begins to mature as a character, right? Mm-hmm. And so the more that time that she spends out in the world, the more time that she develops herself and becomes this unique individuality yeah, exactly. and, and unique exactly. personality. And so like Savitar was trying to rely on, on this, this, the, the juvenility of her character and, and the, the inexperience and the raw emotion to kind of manipulate and mold her into what he wanted. But now we have an opportunity to see Caitlin slash killer snow as what killer snow wants to be. <laughs> killer right? snow. I like that. Is that's that a killer snow killer frost? No, I thought maybe uh, that's a good, good drunken mistake. That might be something. I mean, that's <laughs> she's in, she, I may have had too much to drink. But. She, she is in, she is in this in, in between kind of phase almost. And, you know, I, I love that Iris even points out very specifically that, you know, Caitlin still hasn't killed yet. Like she, she asked, she asked her about these people and you get that. Yeah, no, killer she specifically calls her uh, a frost and not killer frost. Right, right, right. Well, so this is the thing though, right? So frost at this point has tortured, she's maimed, but she's not killed. I'm wondering if you know, there's going to be this, you know, point of no return moment where she has to make a choice to, to actually take a life. And that's going to be the determiner as to whether or not she's going to definitively go Killer Frost or, you know, remain Caitlyn to some extent. Spoilers, she's not going to do it. I, I, spoilers, she might, though. I mean, like, that, that's the thing, man. If, if you can lead, I mean, you know, we, we've speculated already about some various ways in which this season could end on a cliffhanger. If you if you had a cliffhanger with, you know, her actually not going the, the way of the angels, if she actually does take the kill, then she's looking at a big bad role for, for the following season. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but again, you know, you, you have to think about like also, audiences and stuff. Yeah, but here's the other thing too. Like audiences love a redemption story, right? Well, there can be no redemption for someone who hasn't done the irredeemable. And she well, but hold on, yet. but hold on. Right? So it it's it's different. So like there's a difference between audiences like me and you and, and everybody else who loves a flash, people who listen to our podcast and all that kind of stuff, and what executives view about audiences, right? <laughs> and that's my worry. That's my concern. Is that uh yes, I agree. A redemption story for Caitlyn would be awesome. And in order to have that, you're absolutely right. She has to do the irredeemable. But 
when the studio executives look at that and they say, uh, I don't know, people might not like the fact that we turn her evil. You know, that's 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 what goes through my mind. I'm just saying. Yeah, but that so, but I mean, again, but this is this has been done before. I mean, we've seen it on other television series. You know, I, I think very specifically of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. How in the one of the latter seasons, the character Willow, who in many respects uh, has a lot of the same traits of Caitlin, very very much kind of a brainy, nerdy type of character, somebody who was very introverted, um, who, you know, finds this power and kind of grows in power and then also starts taking kind of this dark turn. Uh, you know, we, we see the character of Willow go full on murder and, and she ends up killing people and then goes on her redemption path. And it's, and I think that there can be a lot of similarities here. In fact, actually I thought very specifically of the character of Willow because Caitlin even says, you know, Oh, I'm bored with this, which reminded me of, uh, you know, a, a vampiric Willow's board now, which she used to say on, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now, I know, Belle, you, you didn't watch Buffy back in the day, but for those that do, you know what I'm talking about. I watched the Buffy movie and that was that's all, that's all my Buffy. That's my that's my Buffy. That's your Buffy. Hashtag my Buffy. Hashtag your Buffy. Hashtag Belle's Buffy. Not not my not. No. Amunet, man. What'd you think of her? Uh, Katie Sackhoff. Yes. Uh, I, I was I was wondering when she was going to come in and I wasn't really looking at the uh, at, at the things about this episode and I saw her just pop up and I was like, oh, there she is. And I was because I, I, I didn't know in what context she'd come in, but it's kind of interesting to see her as the ringleader of this uh, uh, criminal organization. Yeah. This little underground, uh, underground uh, a group of uh, rogues, as it were, the network. Uh, man, she's got she's got the doom fist. <laughs> it's like shooting out uh, little metal bullets and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like it's it's kind of funny because she actually has sort of doom fist power. She shoots, you know, her her alt click is uh, <laughs> is the shotgun, and that's then exactly she. Right. <laughs> I just meant it looked like it, but that's exactly right. <laughs> Now she just does the what's the what's the uh what's the like was it comet uh molten punch oh, meteor smash meteor smash she'll have to do yeah, a meteor yeah. smash before it's all said and done yeah so her ultimate's definitely got to be meteor smash it's got to be <laughs> oh that's and great. uh but I didn't see her uh, do the uppercut and I didn't see her do the the smash down on the ground but yes uh, she is doomfist and uh so that that was neat but here's here's my question though it's it's uh so this was Barry came back at the beginning of this ep- uh, of this week so that was approximately five weeks ago right right so uh the network i'm i'm assuming was around before before this and that Mm, amunet got a hand on this meta to try to kind of like expand their organization's uh reach through the drug that he produces right it could be i mean that's that's a that that's a good good observation also you know if the question is whether or not she had her abilities prior to barry returning from the speed force it's also possible that she established the network prior to getting superpowers but at the same time like there's been no indication that all metas were eradicated prior to barry returning she might be you know a meta from you know the, the original big bang yeah and that's that's my question too is like is that important is is it important to know whether or not amunet is a creation of the thinker or a creation of the Ooh. original particle accelerator explosion? interesting you think maybe the thinker might have equipped her like maybe that it's not meta powers maybe she's maybe that is like a gauntlet of some sort that gives her magnetic abilities no, no, no. I, I, I'm assuming fully that she's a meta and that she has power over this, over, over, over metallics or specifically whatever. 
I'm assuming maybe if it's not all metal in general, because it seems like she carries the sack of metal around with her. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was a a metal object that interacted with her either a during the uh, particle accelerator explosion or maybe during the bus. If it was a thinker, <laughs> if, if she is uh, influenced by the thinker, I don't know. But I'm curious about that, right? Now, like, now, I don't now know why who... didn't why didn't Felicity just say, "Oh, she's like Magneto"? <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna do it anyway, why not? Yeah, well, okay. So there's two different. <laughs> and then also like, about, right? like, like <laughs> where's Quicksilver? Why is it Quicksilver here? <laughs> <laughs> but there's, but there's, but there's uh, you know, it's it's Fox versus Marvel Studios, I know, right? I know, but Fox still owns the X Men, so technically speaking, they they could do it. They That's could. what I'm saying. Maybe maybe like because Marvel owns the Hulk, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to sue the CW, but Fox might be like, we need money, sue them. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, but one way or the other, man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really in, in. I'm enjoying seeing what what the network, her her criminal organization, how that's going to play into things going forward. And that's the thing, man. The the ladies' night, the girls' night out. That was awesome. That storyline was incredible. But it this B plot, man. Okay, so Barry, Cisco, and and Harry all go. Uh, you know, they're they're going for the bachelor party, and it's 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 a fairly Barry slash Cisco slash Joe bachelor party right like oh here's baby Barry. i've been to many of those bachelor parties in it, my in my life there's nothing wrong with those bachelor parties i'm not saying that there is well that's the thing right so i mean like you know they probably like like i have a feeling that cisco probably had some sort of super sciencey something or another that was going to be fun uh throughout the evening i would have rather gone to that bachelor party but for whatever reason somehow ralph the newbie is the one that has the most pull pun intended with the rest of the uh <laughs> It's, it's, dude, that was, that a, was bad. That was a stretch. It was a stretch. It's disgraceful. But uh, but anyway, Ralph Ralph then goes. Uh, uh, Ralph gets the uh, uh, you know ha- somehow has the most influence over this team and and convinces them all to uh, you know to to go to a, a, a freaking strip club. Now now this is where this is where I like I'm like no absolutely not. It's hard enough to buy the idea that Barry Barry this Barry Allen would be convinced to go to a strip club. Even harder to be convinced that Joe West would go to a strip club. Even harder to be convinced that Joe West would go to a strip club with Barry even harder to believe that it's going to be with Barry on the bachelor party while he's marrying his own daughter stop bringing that up it's weird (laughs) that's what I'm saying and yet everybody stays and it's and they're fine and they're fine and I mean like I you know I it was really hard for me to wrap my head around that as a reality like like I was like I I, I can see it, right? It's it's one of those things where it's like I've been to a lot of bachelor parties where I was like, no, we're just gonna stay home, have a couple beers, play some video games, you know, just hang out with the boys and have fun. And I I could see it being one of those things where it's like everybody's kind of like the reason why we're doing this is because of reasons, and the reasons maybe we don't all agree with, and maybe we'd like to go do other things, but we're not going to out of respect. And so Ralph is like, I don't have any of that respect. Yeah, but that's <laughs> so what I'm saying. I'm say. This isn't Ralph's party. Like, why are we all going with Ralph? Like, for, uh, so anyway, I wasn't here last week. And and I, by the way, um, be sure you know uh, patrons will be able to get kind of a bonus track of of my thoughts from last week. But but the the quick and dirty was I really enjoyed last week's episode. I thought it was fun. Ralph is kind of a unique character, and and you know much with the rest of the tone of this season so far, there is kind of an an element of wackiness that I think works well with his power set and even with him as something of a cartoony character. It's just in this instance, I didn't get why he had so much pull. And like I said, you know, I look, we've all been in those situations. Well, not those situations, but we've all been in situations where like the party gets out of hand. And, but I mean, at that point when the party gets out of hand, some people stick, stick with it. Some people cut and run. I feel like Barry would have cut from that standpoint. I could see Cisco sticking with it. I could, I guess I could see Harry sticking with it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I, 
I'm, I'm telling you, I've been to a lot of bachelor parties and they were fun and I enjoyed them. And I, you know, I really love the friends that I had them with. But if somebody came in out of the blue and was like, hey, let's all go to the strip club, I'd be like, OK, sure. And like, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Yeah, but but OK, so I, A, I would not. I would shut Look, it down. I'm, right I'm not saying that. that watching home movies and drinking brandy at home is fun. No, there's different. Like, did you, uh, you ever watch Parks and Recreation? Uh, I've seen, I've seen episodes. Look, I'm not here to cast judgment. Parks and Recreation though, uh, in, there's a, there's an episode where they all do their own bachelor party. Like, like, uh, like one of the characters is getting married. And so they each go like, there's a Ron Swanson bachelor party and there's like a, uh, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't remember all the different characters, but one way they have, they all, they all go and they all do like what would be their ideal bachelor party. And the point is, is that there's a lot, there's a large, wide variety of how, how one can celebrate. I'm not here to judge. What I'm saying is that I don't believe that Joe West would go to a strip club with Barry Allen, especially, especially when Barry Allen's about to marry his daughter. I'm sorry. This this character of Joe West, Super Dad, would have shut that down. And I get it. To some extent, he's he's in shell shock. Like that's that's the story that he's on right now. And we talked about this the the last episode or two weeks ago. Is that with kind of the reality that he's about to be a dad again? He's no spring chicken. Sure, sure, and I agree with that. And like you know, yeah, sure. Like Joe Joe is shell shocked by the fact that he's going to be a father. That he's you know decrepit and old now, according to himself. Uh, <laughs> and that he was a young spring chicken beforehand. But still, I think his response to seeing Cecile's daughter stripping that was that was you know progressive in that kind of fact where he's like, you know what, you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. I might not agree with them, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to do the things that you want to do because you're an adult and like, like adults should be able to make their own decisions. And I I don't know, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I didn't get that from him at all. I just got him. Did you not? Like the whole conversation was like that exactly was you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. Yeah, no. Yeah, but I think it was more of like a hands off type situation. Like it's not that like Joe has no authority over her one way or the other. It's yeah, not- which is why I'm glad they didn't have him go, no, you're going to tell your mom right now and I'm pulling you out of here because I'm the blah, blah, blah. And like, that's, I, I'm glad well, that, they didn't that go that would that not, That would not necessarily be Joe either. Joe shouldn't be in the, <laughs> my whole point is Joe would never be in the situation in the first place. <laughs> so yeah, like, you're right. Like that's, Joe would that's never the be part of the strip club. Okay. <laughs> that, that's part of the whole, the whole absurdity of this, of this B plot that ruins <laughs> what was otherwise a really epic episode for me personally. Now, I mean, some people may have loved it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you think, of course, Joe's in the strip club. He's there every Friday night. Of course, that's that's exactly who they've painted no, this character to be. But uh, but I don't see it, and it just it seems it seems an odd choice. Barry drunk. Talk Barry. about for a second how interesting it is that Barry is actually part of the B plot of a uh, Flash episode. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm all for it, man. I, I wish he would have been more of the B plot while we had Wally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, right for real. It gives the opportunity for the other characters to shine, and I think that's important, especially in in uh, superhero shows where you've got such an established team. Um, and, it, and you know, it's not it's not necessarily the first time. Obviously, Cisco has kind of you know had very uh, a Cisco centric episodes of him either dealing with his powers or, or you know um, you know going into his full vibe mode. And so maybe that's might be even something we see in the future is is maybe more of a vibe centric, not necessarily Cisco, but but specifically a vibe centric episode. And uh, I'm cool with that, man. I think it's uh, I think it's good. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That was a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, was kind of rough to watch. I will, I will say too that, um, you know, while drunk Barry is fun, sad drunk Barry is not at all. <laughs> that was an interesting choice for them to go. Like, I, I, I didn't think they'd go sad drunk Barry. I thought they'd go Cisco, like Cisco was like, "What did I do?" <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that was that was a huge shock for me. Like, I they, they've done sad Barry so many times and like sad depressed like. 
you know, morose and, and woe is me, Barry. So many times I thought they'd do like crazy party mode, Barry, where like, he's up on the stage, like, you know, flipping dollars, like making it rain on strippers with the, with the speed force. You know? <laughs> I thought that's what they would go with that. I was very surprised to see them be like, oh, chicken wings are so good. Like, it was funny. And oh, yeah, it was I gross. Get it. He had the chicken wing, like, all over his face and everything. <laughs> yeah. oh, was, ah. You know, I, I, I get it. But, like, I was totally expecting them to go a different route for Drunkberry. Like, I thought Drunkberry, because, you know, we've had Sad Berry before. I was thinking maybe with Drunkberry, we'd have, like, a, an a different version of Barry that we hadn't seen before, <laughs> like crazy, energetic, excited Barry, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right. Well, Hey, there, there is one character that uh, we've not talked about much. In fact, we haven't actually talked too much about this episode, uh, this character uh, so far this season, even though he's playing a, a pretty significant role in the background. And that's going to bring us to this week's speedster speculation. Dude, what is the thinker really after here? I mean, you know, we, we know that he uh, is responsible, or at least he is taking responsibility for creating these metas. Um, you know, he's, he's watching everything. He's playing chess. His chair flies, like legit. That's not just hovering in the room. Apparently, it does fly uh, a little awkwardly at the end of this episode but <laughs> it's kind of kind of ridiculous looking right uh, the crane the crane you could tell was kind of like eh, oh a little bit to the left a little bit to the left but no 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 so one way or the other he he does have a flying chair so that's a thing um what is he after like like really what what is his game besides chess man it's so hard like i've been thinking about that this whole season it's like what is devos in game right like what is Obviously, he wants to defeat the Flash or, or, or you know, something related to the Flash. But it's it's so hard to kind of like, you know, when, when this guy's playing four dimensional chess and you're sitting there playing checkers, it's, <laughs> it's 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 hard to follow what's going on. And so I feel like the writers have, have, have done a good job this season kind of like obfuscating what the thinker's plan is. You know, it's it, he's got these these different uh, metas and they have different purposes. Uh, uh, obviously. Uh, uh, Kilgore and Lady Luck. What was her name? Ah, uh, yeah. The uh, it wasn't Jinx. I know I wanted it to be Jinx, but it wasn't Jinx. Yeah. Okay. So, so the first two matters that we ran into, their end game was to get arrested because the thinker didn't intervene. Right. 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 Is he trying to break somebody out of prison? Well, Ma- I don't know. That's that's oh, interesting thing, right? Because like the first, yeah, yeah. yeah, like the first two got arrested, right? And then Dibney. He's on Team Flash. Hazard was her name. Hazard was Hazard. Her name. Hazard. That's right. That's right. So Kilgore and Hazard get get arrested, thrown in Iron Heights, and that's obviously part of Kilgore's plan because he didn't intervene. But here's the thing: it's like Dibney is on Team Flash. That has to be part of Thinker's plan because he didn't intervene. Because we saw Thinker intervene with Drug Tear Guy Man. But these people aren't under Thinker's control. Right. I mean, like, isn't isn't it fairly strongly implied that that he's more of just monitoring them? He kind of created them and he's he's almost studying them. Yeah, it does feel like he's studying them, like he has a certain uh, uh, avenue he wants them to go down to go down. But like, that's the thing, right? It's it's like you have to really question Dibney's role on Team Flash because Thinker didn't do anything to prevent him from joining the team. So that's got to be a part of his plan. So mm. you really have to like wonder about what thinker uh, or, or or what Dibney's role is in thinker's plan that you have this other guy who escapes but thinker's like nah you you're you're, you're uh, you haven't finished what did he say you hadn't finished your job yet you hadn't completed your role yet 
So he obviously is concerned with all these metas. And part of his plan was to have Kilgore and Hazard in prison. Ralph to be part of Team Flash. This other guy has some other purpose that we don't know yet. Yeah, the drug dude. Yeah, the drug dude, like, we don't know. Like, and that, that's what's interesting about it is because, like, previously I was thinking, okay, did they break Thinker's plan by having Dibney be part of Team Flash? And I was really wondering about that because I was like, okay, uh, everybody else wound up in prison, but Dibney, they kind of saw this sort of, like, hero aspect to him. And I'd love I'd love to see him on, on Team Flash, you know, regardless, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a uh, – it's kind of an interesting scenario because, you know – if Dibney being on team flash is part of thinkers plan, then there's going to be some bad stuff to happen because of that. Right. And so with this guy being released from, uh, Amunet's, you know, imprisonment and thinker saying, no, you, you've not met up your part of the deal. You hadn't, uh, you know, fulfilled your part of the, uh, of the plan. It, it makes me wonder about Dibney because thinker hasn't intervened in that yet. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I I really don't like Dibney right now. <laughs> wasn't wasn't he actually, really? What's wrong? What's wrong? Oh man, me, me what, and Frank had a great time talking about Dibney. Wasn't wasn't Dib- no? I, I enjoyed him last week, but like, but this episode, what, wasn't he actively pickpocketing people? Uh, you know, he took money from people at a strip club. That guy, he didn't. He looked pretty particularly seedy. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Uh, hang on. Uh, hang on. That's the other. Right, sorry. Not to get Dibney's back. He's a jerk. He's yeah, a jerk. Me, not to get back <laughs> on like this very very bizarre episode, aspect of this episode but so he was actively pickpocketing people in front of barry cisco and joe and everybody was fine with that uh cisco was like dude stop that and he's like what a what but what? he still what kept the money he still kept the money and yet this uh, I, I don't know i the, the I'm, I'm i'm trying to wash my brain of this beat look what, what, all i'm saying is is that yeah take the guy from the weird looking biker dude who's probably like you know, not the best person to begin with. Don't take money from the strippers. It's I mean, still come on. stealing. It's still stealing. Sure. But like the strippers are there at work. They're and it's superheroes. Like, they stop people from stealing. I mean, Barry's stolen. He pays for the coffee. He did not pay in the first season for several things. And we have established that. Not, fact. I, 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 touche. <laughs> <laughs> So Dibney steals a couple dollars. Barry steals a bunch of stuff from a <laughs> from a thrift shop. All right, what are we gonna do here? I, I, <laughs> we'll call I, it even. We it, uh, yeah, he did learn to pay. He did learn to pay, but he wasn't he did, stealing he cash. Did. He finally learned. It wasn't cash. I don't know. It's it's it, my my argument's falling apart. But regardless, um, back back <laughs> to the thinker. Yeah, that that's a good point though. That he he does seem to be arranging for a lot of these people to be locked in prison. Uh, yeah, it, it could very well be that his end game is to break somebody out. Ooh. Could it be a Bane situation? Could be a Bane situation. Could oh oh uh, I don't know. Well, I don't the, know. The, you know, every everybody talks about Bane, but they don't really you know. Well, they talk about Bane from I guess the Dark Knight, but yeah, it's like Bane's whole thing was he broke everybody out of Arkham Asylum to wear Batman down to have to capture all of them. Right. So he's so exhausted by the time they fight, it would be no contest. What if that's a similar kind of thing where Flash has to? you know, collect all the, cause, cause thinker's not a physical opponent. Right. I mean, for, I mean, he has a chair that flies and shoots lasers. Sure. But, uh, you, you have to think that thinker's plan is like, I can't match flash physically or on, you know, any sort of speed level. So I have to do something to, uh, to, to even the playing field and maybe having all these metas get released by a combination of certain metas and iron heights could be part of his plan. I don't know. The, the only thing, I mean, so, so this is, this may be both a plus and a minus to that theory is that that was essentially what zoom did 
in season two. Like he, like he had an army of metas and he really did. He wore down Barry over time because Barry was going around trying to fight metas all over the city. And so from that standpoint, it, I guess it proves that it can be done, but it also proves that it's, it's been done before and Barry still found a way around it. So I'm wondering if it, it's less about trying to do kind of a mass, you know, nightfall esque prison break and more about trying to get one very specific meta out of Iron Heights is, is correct me if I'm wrong, but King Shark is in Iron Heights, right? Yeah, but I feel King Shark is one of those villains that they pull out when it's like, dude, King Shark. Yeah. And not like a master plan level villain. Yeah. Fair you- enough. Fair enough. But he's in there and Grodd's in there too, right? Because uh, they left Grodd after after the you know invasion, Grodd Grodd was left behind. Grodd uh, uh, Barry can convince them to leave Grodd on on Earth One. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, I mean, it's been teased before that you know that that Grodd versus King Shark fight is coming. <laughs> is that like Clegane Bowl, but for Flash? Yeah, that, that is that is the that is exactly the Flash equivalent of Clegane Bowl. Exactly. Get hype. Get hype. <laughs> That's that's it, man. That's what Thinker's after. He just wants to see those dudes. Let them fight. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And you know what? If this entire season, if this entire season was just a build-up to King Shark and Gorilla Grodd fighting, where Flies is sitting around there going, like, what the hell's going on? And Thinker's like, dude, just watch. I would be like, yes, this is the best season of Flash ever. Oh man. Oh man. Well, that's those are all thoughts. Let us know what you think. What what is uh what what is the thinker up to? Let us know. <laughs> This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. All right, man, listener feedback. We got some great listener feedback in. Um, a lot of thoughts coming in. So we got, uh, uh, this is from Natalie, uh, sent this in over on Facebook. What did Natalie have to say? I really like Caitlin talking to Iris about how they're really only work friends. I thought it was really great, especially since it's something I've been thinking for a while and sort of the elephant in the room. Also, I feel like Felicity and Caitlin or Felicity and Iris's friendship is a lot better than the fake slash force seeming friendship Caitlin and Iris have, uh, which is what I uh, which is what I think made uh, clean even in the start of the episode when Caitlin right at the start seems to feel uneasy and tries to find a way out. Uh, Caitlin is more friend with Cisco and Barry, sad face, and honestly would probably be on Barry's side in the wedding, along with Barry's friend from the CCPD and Wells. Uh, yeah, you know, I I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I know uh, Cisco and Caitlin always have had that kind of like you know brother sister like really good close relationship. I, I never really felt like Iris and 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 uh, Caitlin kind of had a connection, but I, I I'm glad they addressed that. I'm glad they sort of brought that out in the open. Because they have been through a lot. Like that's what Iris said. You know, they, they've been through so much together that it's kind of, you know, weird for them not to spend much more time together. And it, it's it's sort of like a really good honor on Iris's part to, to bestow the the maid of honor onto Caitlin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it was a good, really, really touching moment, too, to kind of end the, uh, the episode on. For sure. All right. We also got Brady on Twitter. What did Brady have to say? All right. How many times are people going to make fun of Star Labs security before they do something? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think we know the answer to this one. And that is never, never, never. You know what? It, it, it's, it's good to know, though, uh, if I were to go to Star City, I could just like walk in there and kind of like, you know, put on the Flash's suit and, you know, mess around with their stuff and like, 
you know, crash the Starlab satellite. I'm glad to know there's no security because if I ever wanted to go to that universe and just play around, I could just walk right in. Yeah, I mean, they've got they've got holes in the ceiling still from, you know, before the series four even years started. ago. <laughs> yeah, there is somewhere at the at the Star Labs or the um, Central City City Hall. They actually have a whole task force built around blight in the city with Star Labs being their big poster of like, <laughs> what are we going to do about this? <laughs> Kay Cross asks on Twitter, she says, uh, please explain this week how Harris Wells walks into a police station and bails them out. Is he not a wanted dead man on this earth? The answer is yes. What is up with that? So my first thought was he's got to have the uh, 3D little manipulation device, right? Like the the uh, hologram device. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's that would be kind of the, the quick and dirty obvious, right? Maybe like then that that's me just, you know, injecting my philosophy into it. What I really think happened is they kind of forgot about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't with the with the way that a lot of these characters were written this episode. I get the intent. <laughs> the, 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 they totally forgot. They totally forgot. Yeah, they totally I, forgot. I think it's probably, you know. Uh, but but from but but you're right. From a continuity standpoint, I mean, the technology does exist. Uh, Harry is a, a a smart enough guy to know not to go out out and about with the face that he's got on. So he's probably actually using HR's face changing thing. Yeah, I would say that. And he probably actually is even using it to look like the same person that HR was impersonating last season, uh, which would yeah. make a lot of sense. Uh, Rossi Campbell asked uh, on Twitter, "What did Ross have to say?" Ross, my boy Ross, listens to Legends, which all of you should do. But uh, Ross writes, what is the thinker's plan with the metahumans? Are they part of some Ocean's Eleven style grand scheme? A technopath, a probability manipulator, a drug maker, Mm. and next week, someone who can bring inanimate objects to life? Why does DeVoe need these metas? Ross, it's a really good question. That's what we were talking about earlier in the speedster speculation. It's like, it's, I I don't know what his plan is. And it's kind of nice to get that, right? It's, it's. It, it sort of sucks when you're watching a show and you're you, you kind of are able to guess the uh, the bad the, the the big bad end guy's motivation like you know several episodes into the season but it's weird because I don't know like what we were talking about earlier you know two of the metas have gone to prison one of them is on Team Flash the other was apprehended by the thinker because he didn't follow the plan so you have to assume that the other three were following the plan so if that's the case. You know, what is Ralph's role on Team Flash for the thinker? What are the other two in prison? And what is like, you know, druggy eyed tear guy uh, man's position? I, I don't know. That's a good question. And and hopefully we'll see some more in the future to kind of help us, you know, get some uh, get some answers there. Also, you know, there's a lot of assumptions behind that question as well, as well as a spoiler, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, did did the thinker have. The like did, did the thinker choose who was going to be at that bus at that exact moment when the portal was going to open up and and yes. from that standpoint what did he I guess what I'm saying is did he even like manipulate their lives to bring them into that bus because he knows what their metagene would do when mixed with the dark matter you know what I mean yes like, so you that, think that's I I fully think that uh it's going to be revealed at some point that thinker manipulated all of those people to be on that bus at that same time. Cause I think that's part that that's what he is, right? That's what thinker is. He's going to plan yeah. everything out like that. Interesting. So he's, he's Palpatine. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Huh? And that, in that case of all, all the different met, potential metahumans, these are the ones he chooses so far, huh? <laughs> 
not like Superman or like you know somebody with <laughs> right. equivalent powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This 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 is this is his dream team. This is literally his dream team. Okay, but I mean, it's it's like it's like you know you're a chess grandmaster and you're playing against a two year old. Okay. I mean, like you know that, that there's no challenge there. I think you wants a challenge. Oh, that's why the pawns go first too. You know, you got you got that. Uh, and then yeah. finally on iTunes, we also got a, a review in from LM twenty three twelve eighty four uh, who says, "Great and to the point." Well, that's true. What do they have to say about us beyond that? I have never listened to podcasts before, but I have a long drive to work, so I thought I would give them a try for The Flash. I now have listened to three different podcasts, and this one is very well done. I appreciate the amount of detail and the lack of random pointless comments. Well, thank you, LM231284. We appreciate that. I I sometimes tend to interject random comments, and I'm glad <laughs> that, that, that they haven't been too obnoxious. Yeah, we, we do try to keep things on points here. I mean, it is it's it's part of the uh, uh, if we if we add any value to the uh, the vast array of various flash discussions you can find. Hopefully, it's uh, it is that we try to uh, maintain a sense of professionalism, even when a hashtag Bell, professionalism. Even yeah, hashtag Bell is 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 five sheets to the wind, but but still professionalism. <laughs> Did you say six? Six, six oh, sheets to the six, wind. Six sheets to the wind. Seven, seven at this point. Uh, but no, no. So one way or the other, we, we do try to bring that to you. By the way, we, we, we do uh, enjoy a bit of shenanigans from time and time again. And, and if you are someone who would like to uh, help support the show, if you enjoy the podcast that you're listening to, you want to make sure that you get this level of professionalism every single week, uh, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk, sponsor, support the show. And not only do you get uh, the, the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping make the show happen, but you also get some additional shenanigans. So if you like some pointless conversations, if you want to hear me and Bell talk about uh, a lot of different random things, uh, then, uh, then yeah, we've got that as kind of a bonus specifically for those of you helping to make this show happen. Again, more information at patreon.com slash TV talk. And let's say that you're somebody who, Hey, I, I love listening to you guys, but, uh, I don't necessarily have the dollars and cents to throw at you or, or as much as I'd like to support the show. Uh, I just, I can't, I, I can't afford it right now. Or yeah, I like you guys and I just don't want to pay you one way or the other. Perfectly fine. Head over to iTunes and write us a review. And that's a good way to help support the show. Uh, without having to pay a dime. So one way or the other, those dollars and cents go a long way. Those iTunes reviews do as well. If you do both, you are our superheroes. So thank y'all so much for doing it. Be sure to keep up with us throughout the week too. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk or on our personal accounts. I'm at the Real Bo York, and you can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. But if actually 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show because they've increased the Twitter limit, uh, you feel free to email us at flash at potestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. Uh, you can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And don't forget, we are part of the DC TV Talk Network, where you can find a lot of great DC TV podcasts over over at dctvtalk.com. Uh, if you are someone who likes DC TV and you like podcasts, dctvtalk.com is the place for you uh and yeah that's gonna do it for us for this week uh but stay tuned we'll be back next week in fact you could even say we'll be back in a flash <laughs>